Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. NCAA Nationals is the goal for 2022. Arkansas will start on vault with Emma Kelly, who is a sophomore, but this is her first ever collegiate meet competing. And a very nice Yurchenko float, just a slight hop on that landing, but this is her Razorback debut as a sophomore starting this vault lineup. Very nice job. That vault is worth a 9.95. Yo, what is up, everybody? You know what time it is. It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's episode 16, titled Gymnastics in Her DNA, because our guest has just that, gymnastics in her DNA. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about her family lineage, lineage and gymnastics. We're going to talk about her story. But most importantly, we're going to talk about Arkansas Razorbacks gymnastics. So, man, let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Arkansas Razorbacks star gymnast, Emma Kelly. Right, Emma, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. How about yourself? We are blessed as always. We have been missing gymnastics, so we're glad to have you on. We've been marking this count this date on the calendar for a while because um every year around this time we start talking to, you know, some gymnasts and, and we've been missing out. So you're the first gymnast of the season. We're ready to to get after it a little bit and talk all things Arkansas. Uh, with you, but first, getting out the gate, let's let's warm up into this interview a little bit. Let's do some icebreakers. Tell me, who's your favorite athlete of all time? Hmm. My favorite athlete of all time was probably Usain Bolt, just because he is just a crazy kind of guy that just, I mean, he's set world records. He's done anything that you can just come up with unanswered questions. I mean, he is just the guy that you can go to for any world records, any, like, he's the kind of guy that you can just find, like, the Guinness World Book of Records. Like, he can break any kind of record. You, you know what I mean? he's, like, 60, he'll still be faster than, like, yeah. the average person? I do. He could be, he'll be faster than me backwards. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that he's like the Simone Biles of gymnastics. I mean, she is still competing nowadays and she just got first place at the most recent competition, literally that happened like two days ago. Daniel, you he, just brought that up last episode. And it, 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 it wasn't even close. Was it Emma? <laughs> um, honestly, it was like closer than it has been in the past. It was like narrowed down to about, three and a half points and that is closer than it has ever been by but she still Stone. made it look easy for somebody who'd taken a break yeah and she still didn't do her like hardest difficulty which is crazy <laughs> that's literally inhumane and she's, so it's she's warming up right <laughs> she's just warming up i mean she got married she went on her honeymoon she's been on vacation she just came back for a little 
warm up and still beat everyone by like three and a half points. So there's that. Yeah, for sure. So if you were in a horror movie, right? Scary movie, mm -hmm. horror movie, you got to pick two of your teammates to get you through it. Who are you picking? That's a good question. I love that. Um, I'd probably pick Jensen Scalzo, which is my uh, teammate that is my same year. Uh, we're both seniors. And literally, we just came into an encounter. We were both in our driveway. And this random man came up to our window. And I literally started freaking out. And she was like, Emma, just let him know that you're here. And I was like, no. I'm going to hide. And she's like, no, let them know that you're here. So definitely Jensen. She's always like ready to like just encounter the scary parts. Number two would be Frankie Price. But she is deathly afraid of scary movies. She like gets the urge to throw up when she watches scary movies. But she's my girl to go to whenever I'm handling someone that's scary. <laughs> so scary that's... I mean, you, you need that person. They're, they're clutch. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. In the moment, she can step up and do what you need her to do. Right, yes. He's going to be the one to tell you not to run up the stairs like all the women who make the bad decisions in the scary movies, right? Like, go out the front door, <laughs> not up the stairs. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. If you run in a scary movie, the bad guy is going to walk and still catch you. Like, You're going to trip on something. Yeah. I mean, the girls in scary movies are just so stupid. <laughs> I can't stand it. I like watch it. I'm like, use your common sense. Well, if they had someone intelligent, Emma, they would survive. And then what will we really actually have to watch? We The stupidity right. is required. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, Emma, if you were going to sing karaoke, what would be your? It'd be TikTok by Kesha. I know every single word of that song. Um, if you wake me up in the middle of a nap or if I'm hyped up on Red Bull, I know Daniel, that song. Daniel, we've been friends for 28 years. True confession to you. I actually like Kesha. Like when she comes up in my random shuffle, like I start jamming. Let's go. That's, that's a real person right there. So what I've learned is that, you know, TikTok, it doesn't matter. Awake, asleep, you could get up and you're ready to roll. And oh, yeah. what I what I learned from Jim is that he is a undercover uh, Kesha fan. <laughs> Kesha lover. Man. Wake up yeah. in the morning feeling like P. Well, to I'm no surprise, Daniel, my favorite athlete is a diehard Kesha fan. Westbrook loves him. Oh, wow. Are you mean to like... I mean, that that is... Are you picturing That's her singing it, Daniel, on the stage, like jamming, like she's dancing back and forth, like the crowd's getting hyped? No, I I picture this, like as soon as, as soon as it pops, like I'm thinking about her like dead asleep and then boom, she's up like like a dynamite just getting after it. I mean, <laughs> I sing so bad. I would hope that the crowd would sing along with me so they would actually overtake my horrid voice. See, that's always been my my advice to anybody that sings karaoke. Do a crowd favorite. That way they do the work for you. No, well, honestly, that's my anthem. So I don't even care what you do with that. I'm proud no matter what. Okay. That my girl. It's, it's low-key uh, 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 a banger for sure. So I know. Uh, celebrity crush growing up. When you, you know, growing up, okay. who's, who's your go-to crush? Girl crush, Zendaya. Oh, yeah. That's right. my girl crush. But nowadays, I don't know if we can say that. So let who's me get your, a, Who's the boy crush? Um, probably four from Divergent. No. Theo James is his real name. Damn right. it. That's, that's a popular, you know, my daughter's 17, and I'm not going to say my <laughs> wife's age on here and get her trouble. They both like four, too. So four is popular amongst multiple generations. I mean, oh, it's I'm that. A, that too. It I'm just, gonna need them to do a better and, job naming their characters. Four. Okay. Well, it's divergent. Like it's a, it's a different kind of movie theme. Daniel, their name they they have numbers for a reason. I can I can do a different type of movie. I've, no. I I have. If I need to, I can. 
No, your answer me- is fine. Dan- Daniel's just outdated, is all Emma. It's okay. Somehow, I don't think I've ever seen him. it. I think that's, that's my I'm problem. I don't him, watch he's old. Yeah, I, I don't watch movies. That's that's my problem. Um, oh, so you're just too old? No, it's not that. I mean, I am old, but it's not I'm too old to watch movies. It's I'm kidding. I, I think what it is is I get wrapped up into TV shows or like series where like I get invested and then I can't stop until it ends. And then What's at your that point, favorite TV series. Oh man, my favorite of all time. Oh man, yeah. there's so many. So obviously, Sopranos is definitely up there all time. All right. So big fan of that. Um, I just got done watching the Righteous Gemstones, and like I, I think that's funny. That's well, my what's kinda, crazy my is Emma is when I was down there visiting them like two months ago. Him and his wife have taken on the challenge of starting Grey's Anatomy from the beginning. They're going to spend an entire lifetime getting caught up on that show. There, there is seventeen episodes, and there it it's like forty episodes or seventeen seasons, and there's like thirty to forty episodes a season. <laughs> You're never going to get there, bro. Never. Good luck watching that one. And it's still going on. That's the problem. I don't know how, but I'm. It's and what what aggravates me, but it draws me in is like every episode. It's this unimaginable like tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> no, you're and so. I'm, it's like liver transplant. Right. It's like oh, there's a bomb in the hospital, but we're also trying to do heart transplant while the bomb is in here. I'm like. So right. What planet does that happen? But I can give you one suggestion. Watch the show called Suits. It's on Peacock. That uh, is what me. That is what me and my wife are currently watching. I think we're oh, in I the third season. Suits my, is awesome. Me and my boyfriend just finished it. Oh, it's so good. All right, I got to ask you: Who do you like better, Harvey or Mike? Mike. It's tough though, right? You said it kind of like it was easy, but Harvey's so cool. Like I don't no. know. No, yeah, no, you're right. Harvey's definitely like the dad that everyone would want because he's just so successful. But Mike is just the kind of guy that is so real and you just I, want him in your I life. mean, to, to, to spoil it for Daniel, anyone who can con their way into being a lawyer when they never went to law school is just amazing. It's just a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but that could not be me. But if I could do it, I would. Well, speaking of doing it, are you going to the football game this Saturday? It's a big question. It's, it's, it's season opener. Are you going to call the Hogs? As much as I want to, unfortunately, I'm not. Well, hmm. you know, that's, that's the life. I mean, you you got to sacrifice sometimes, unfortunately. Um, you know, you won't be there at the game physically, but I'm sure you'll be there in spirit. So, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. Call the Hawks a few times before the game and, you know, whatever you got going on, I'm sure it's probably gymnastics related, I would imagine, just because you guys are are killing it and you're one of the top teams in the country. So, I mean, in order to do that, you got to gotta practice a lot. So, I'm sure that's what's yes. going on. But. Well, before we get into your story, speaking of going to games, I got to ask you, Emma, I, I've been watching the videos. I'm fascinated. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um the record has been set, world record, at that um, Nebraska volleyball, 92,003 in attendance tonight. They did it out in their football stadium. Kidding? So I asked I, would- I asked one of our guests who won a national championship at Kentucky, Maddie Brezowitz. I asked her what, you know, she would do if she played in front of 90,000 people, and she said she would throw up everywhere. Um, I got to ask you, what would it, I mean, I've obviously been to the meets that y'all go at, you know, y'all have had up to what, like 20,000 in attendance. How would you feel in front of 90,000? I mean, no matter the crowd, it's like preparation makes your confidence become just perfect. So if I'm feeling prepared and if I'm having the confidence within my team to feel prepared and I know that they're putting in the work that they need to then anything like outside noise, external noise won't come into our preparation. You know what I mean? Nice. Solid answer. So speaking of preparation, let's take it all the way back to the beginning. Where are you from? I am from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. 
Yes, sir. You know, a lot a lot of gymnasts come from Texas. We're we're starting to realize that Texas is is clearly where the breeding grounds for top gymnasts. So, you know, for you, family dynamics growing up, I looked and saw, you know, obviously you come from a gymnastics family. You know, tell me about your family. Who who all, you know, siblings, what we got? Well, we got my mom who was the first American to ever win the Olympics in gymnastics, the all around to get a gold medal. Um, we have my oldest sister that grew up doing gymnastics, but never like reached that point to go through college athletics through gymnastics, but she got a scholarship to Baylor Acro Tumbling and they won three consecutive national championships for Baylor Acro Tumbling. My second oldest sister, um, her name is McKenna, and she was on the LSU gymnastics team. They, honestly, from my knowledge, I don't think they ever won. I could be wrong, so don't keep my word. So <laughs> I was pretty young. I was, like, doing my gymnastics very strictly, so I never could, like, go watch her. So you, so you say you're very, you were very young. That was going to be my next question is, what's the gap between you and your older sisters? Seven years. So... My oldest sister, same parents and everything. Uh, it's a gap between seven years. So my oldest sister is 28. I'm 21. And then it goes to five, which is McKenna. That's the one that did gymnastics at LSU. She is 26. And then my third sister, the one right above me, is 23. And then I'm 21. And my... The one that's closest to me in age, um, she was a normal girl. She went to Texas Tech. She was in a sorority, and my parents supported her to the day she wanted to be in a sorority and quit gymnastics. <laughs> I got yeah. you. And so, you know, when your mom is Mary Lou Retton, for you girls, is is gymnastics something that she wanted you all to do, or is it something that y'all wanted to do because your mom, like you said, was the first, you know, Olympic medal winner from the United States? I mean, I get this question a lot. And my mom always told us, if you do not want to do gymnastics, please let me know. I do not want to do gymnastics if you don't want to do it. She literally basically gave us every excuse to quit but we always had that fire inside of us to want to do it. Um, at least three out of the four daughters, the one that's, that's close to an age. Uh, that's that reverse said, psychology stuff they're pulling. That's that's that new newfound parenting skill. You gotta. Yeah, you, no, I see where you're coming from, but yes and no. My mom always, she never coached us. She never wanted to do anything with our gymnastics. Like always on our hip, always supporting us, like literally never cared if we wanted to do gymnastics or not. Well, she was the most supportive person in our lives about gymnastics. Well, whether she pushed you or not, I think any kid, when they see their parents in a certain light, and especially one that accomplished what she did, um, there's something internal where you want to to do that. And I, and I think, you know, I don't think she really had to probably push. It was something that you probably wanted to do with and with that, I want to ask, you know, like, I mean, usually someone of your caliber starts really early. So when did you start gymnastics? I started when I was two years old and mommy and me classes. <laughs> and that's so usually, very usually the common answer. It's it's two sometimes earlier. It's like, you know, like, I don't know what I was doing at two years old, but I definitely wasn't doing anything like y'all were doing. Right. Daniel, what, what age did your daughter start? She was two. She was two. Yeah, he's got a he's got a uh, we, up and we up and comer. <laughs> we'll see. Um, there's a there's a lot to be desired there. No, it, at two it was like same thing. You know, it's the parent on the floor with the kid taking them through, and it's more about having fun and like you're doing things that are building foundational skills, but like you don't you don't understand it until you get to where she's at now, where she's almost yeah. six. And then you go, oh shoot! That's why she was doing those things because she needs to. She needs to be able to do this. Exactly. No, that's but, like the foundation of gymnastics. You have to have like the basic skills in order to build up to where you become. Yeah. Right, and sure. he he downplays it, but he sends me videos, and 
his daughter's doing things that sticks on a bar that like I mean I couldn't have done at any point and I was athletic like I mean flipping around on a bar like that like that's just not the norm for kids right yeah I see what y'all I I see where both of y'all are coming from so you know talking about things we've learned on this show from gymnasts you know school is not normal either when you train the way that y'all do um you know I think back to Kaya Johnson was the the first ever gymnastics guest we had on here and she said she wasn't able to go to a normal high school um and everything with the way she was training with you how how did that play out were you able to go through normal schooling or because you competed at the level you did um it looked different for you so growing up I lived in a very just like I don't know area where everyone that um their parents they would send their kids to like a private school or like a private elementary school whatever it is so I grew up in a private elementary school to middle school and then I was like literally I'll never forget I was like mom dad I want to like not go to school as much and I want to go to gymnastics <laughs> way more than school. And they were like, okay, well, the only option, honey, is homeschooling. And I was like, I'm so in, like, I'm down, let's do it. So I became homeschooled. Um, and I still had like the foundation and the base of like my friends. So I still had a social life and my parents were very adamant on me not just being homeschooled and not having a life outside of that. They were like, I still want you to hang out with your friends. I still want you to have that foundation of a social life. I don't want you to be just a kid that just cares about school and gymnastics and that's it. So like whenever we had two a days at homeschooling um, practices, like we would go eight to 11 and then two to six, like between 11 and two, I would go to our country club and I'd go swimming with my friends. Like that's how important my parents like wanted me to have a social life. Um, and then when I started to get older, I was like, wow, this like is my whole life. Because, you know, when you're young, like you want to do something and then you realize whenever you get like to a teenager, you're like, oh, wow, like this is everything that I've committed my life to. Then um, I still committed myself to it. I moved to Dallas and I'm still homeschooled, moved with just my mom and trained at a different gym because apparently like they had the best coaches there for my Olympic aspirations, my elite aspirations. And then whenever my elite career was over, I moved back to Houston and then went to public school for my last two years of high school and actually became a public school cheerleader. <laughs> and, what, and what was that like? I mean, you go from that high competition to like, um, I think of the movie, and I'm going to expose myself again, Daniel, but I think of the movie Bring It On, where the girl is the gym. And, and she met, hey, your wife picked it in the in the sports movie draft. Don't sit there and play me. Anyway. You, you think I won't say that to her face? That's a terrible uh, movie. Anyway, Emma, I don't know if you've seen it, but anyway, she's a gymnast, and she yeah. joins the cheerleading squad, and she you know, basically makes fun of them because it's not her cup of tea. Did it feel anything like that? Not at all. I, I mean, I feel like I felt like I fit right in. Um, I was a flyer. I was a base. I was a side base because I was flexible and I was strong. And I was also very cooperative with every single position because gymnastics teaches you discipline. It teaches you how to cooperate with other positions it teaches you how to just have high energy and it teaches you when you don't need to have like have high energy. So cheerleading was honestly my way of having fun because gymnastics is so serious. It's so strict, especially when you homeschool it. So when I got to high school, like real high school, I was like, let's have fun. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's very underrated. Daniel will say this. And if he doesn't agree with me, he's lying through his teeth. Uh, our, <laughs> Our cheerleading team won multiple national championships down in Orlando, and uh, yeah. they, would, they would be practicing way later than we would. Well, we get done with football, and they would be in there still getting it, and they would their routines were just awesome. And so, I think you know, cheerleading. Sometimes people can always just think about the rah rah stuff that you see at the games, but if you actually go watch them compete and see what they do, um, it's next level stuff. Would you at least agree with that, Daniel? 
Yeah, of course. There's not a single thing that I don't respect when it comes to what they can do. Um, the amount of time that they put into it is way more time than I think I would ever want to put into anything in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and hey, okay, well, I will add to that. It's definitely changed over the years because um, like public schools have now changed their ways of like, their public cheerleading squad has now turned into a competitive cheerleading squad. So like, it never used to be like that. Like a public school will just like cheer on the sidelines and be like, go football. But now it's like, they're like changing their ways to become a competitive cheerleading team against like other competitive club cheerleading teams. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, because that's basically every sport now across the board. Um, it's, it's become, you know, um, I have a daughter who who plays soccer and, you know, nothing's done at a recreation level anymore. And even the high school team is not the priority. It's the club travel team. It's putting on yeah. the showcases. And and we right. talk to every athlete, you know, baseball is probably our bread and butter and they can play for a four-time state champion. They're never going to get the looks they're going to see if they go travel to a showcase to wherever. Right. Okay. Uh, wait, can I, can I pause y'all for a second? Not like a second. I'm just literally going to grab my phone cord. It's yeah. My phone's on five, so one second. Like I'm. No, you're really good, scared. Daniel. She's she's gonna make sure I work harder than I've ever had to work. Good. It's it's been a while. You need to. Yeah, your Emma, skills. you're put. You're you're keeping me on my toes. You're good now. You don't even have to rush because I'm gonna edit this out. Um, I like when I don't have to do much edit work. You're gonna make sure that I get all my edit work uh, practice in because it's been a while. We've had some clean episodes. I love that. I'll keep you I'm, glad you, I'm glad I'm glad you love it. He, it's good. I he, love that he, you don't love it. He claims to be a producer. So we're no, y'all gave me that title. With pro the capital P R O. That was yeah. y'all. Anyway, all right. So we're gonna act like none of that just happened. And here we go. So you're a level ten gymnast competing for fun and fitness gymnastics out of Richmond, Texas. You finished fourth in the all around at the Texas State Championships. Uh, had top scores involved of 9.8 on the floor. You had 9.675. Um, you competed twice in 2019 at the Kurt Thomas Invitational and the Starstruck Invitational. Talk to me, you know, Kaya, going back to that first episode, obviously we've had numerous gymnasts since then, but was breaking down, you know, the levels, things, and under, understanding level 10 and just what that means. So, and I've talked about Texas as well. Talk about what it, it's like competing level 10, gymnast in texas and you know talk to me about the level of competition and maybe even some names we might know that you competed against okay so just to start off texas alone could go to the olympics as a state representing a country so texas is literally like for example we just had an elite competition with simone biles um jocelyn robertson um literally like zoe miller all of their it's world champions who's the girl who's the girl that's committed to lsu that is like next level that was competing in that do you know Zoe? i don't want to be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's they they, i just know i read on it and they said lsu's future is bright because this girl connor mcclain yes that's her yes connor mcclain yeah connor mcclain but she didn't compete in the most previous whatever I'll, I'll restart. So Texas alone as a state could be represented for the Olympics as a country. And with that being said, competing in level nine, level 10 state championships against the best gymnast in the world, finishing fourth all around in a state championship is amazing. Like that is such a great accomplishment that I could ever have. Um, and just to give everyone just like a background information, level 10 is basically the collegiate level that you need to be at in order to get a scholarship, in order to get recruited. But the college eye and the college recruitment of the head coaches always look at the elite recruits, which is a level above level 10. So it's like you have level eight, level nine, level 10, and then you have elite so colleges always look at elite athletes first, and then they look at level 10s. But the elite athletes, once again, they're all from Texas, and they could be represented 
as a state, but more as a country for USA to gotcha. go to the Olympics. So maybe we'll even know the name. Like who who took that when you finished fourth, who took that competition? Do you remember? I know I'm asking you to go back. I'm just curious because when you talk about the elite. No. So, okay. I was like 11 years old competing level 10. I was like very. Did you go, did you go against Kaya at all? Cause she obviously being from Texas. So me and Kaya Johnson, we were teammates at Texas Dreams whenever I moved to Texas Dreams in Dallas, Texas. More yeah. exact, Coppell, Texas. Um, we were on a team called the Dream Team, which is a select few of gymnasts at the head coach, Kim Zemeskel, and Chris Burdett picked. And they picked it based off of the talent that the gymnast showed. And it was only a handful of and gymnasts that were on the dream team and we create this like really close bond because you create a bond whenever you go through hard times together right mm -hmm. so all of the dream team athletes created this really close bond and that's how me and kaya became friends gotcha and at that time me and her were both committed to lsu which but i yeah that's exactly where i was gonna go i, I, I was gonna ask you so you know you were committed to LSU. How is it that you would end up as Arkansas as your choice? Okay. So I'm really strong in my religion and I'm really strong with my faith. And I know God has a reason for all things. And yes, I was committed to LSU since eighth grade, whenever the recruiting process was very different than it is nowadays. I mean, you could commit to a college when you were like 12 years old and you don't even know what you want to do like your major was just un unfigured out whatever you could have um amputees on both your legs and whatever you're still committed to that college but nowadays the rules have changed for that reason I got surgery on my it was my UCL um and they called it a business decision we don't have to put this in but we can if you really want to so I got surgery on my UCL and they called it a business decision that said it was best for their college and it was best for their uh, class of 2020 uh, for me not to commit. So they pulled my scholarship away and um, I searched to other colleges and that's where I got my offer from Arkansas. And I have never been more happy to be where I am today because I know I've met my future husband. Hey, that works. But before before Daniel gets into Arkansas, it's somebody who feels the same way. It's crazy. Um, you know the the graphic that always says your plan, and it's got the straight narrow road, and then it says God's plan. It says yeah. It's it's funny how that works. So probably in real time you thought this was a mess, and then you just said it was all worth it. So it's crazy how that always comes to be. No, it's so crazy how it always comes to be real because I was so lost in life, and I was like oh my goodness, like my plan was set. Like I was roommates with Elena and I was roommates with Livy. Like we had our all, we had like all of our rooms set out. We were roommates. Like we planned out our color schemes. Like we had been on visits together. We were best friends. And then I had to like create a whole nother group of best friends. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the oldest one. I'm the last to commit. I literally committed the day before signing day. So it's crazy. It's really crazy. But God's real. And he's great. So you, you end up at Arkansas in 2021, obviously, you know, 2020 to 2021 is a crazy year for everybody. Um, yeah. It was a shortened season and you didn't compete. Was that because you're still <laughs> rehabbing the UCL or was it because it was a shortened season and it was like, well, I don't like, don't want to push it or what, what was the case? So I actually broke my hand. I broke my left middle finger, or not my middle finger, my ring finger. Um, I broke it like on the knuckle part. I was doing a bar routine and I caught, oh, there goes my phone, sorry, because I'm charging it. Um, I was doing a skill called an overshoot. Can y'all see me? Yep. Okay, I was doing a skill called an overshoot, which is from a high bar to a low bar release move. And I caught with my hand like 
flipped under and it broke anyways. So, and it was right before season started and it was like an eight week process. Um, but whenever you break something that close to season, whenever it starts, you cannot get back into the lineups because they are set in stone. Wow. So because you're practicing and you have wraps and all this stuff, you know, basically the equipment that you typically use for a routine on your hands, is that what prevents you from bending or being able to maneuver yourself from breaking it? Or was it either you do that or you fall and something, you know, even worse could happen? Can you say that again? Yeah. So like when you're, when you're doing a bar routine and you, you, you break your finger, obviously you're wrapped up. You've got, you know, your, your hands wrapped is the mobility an issue. Is that why you broke your finger? Because you're all wrapped up and you have no, like there's no bend or give or, you know, like when you, when you're not, I guess you're more restricted when you have that kind of equipment on, or was it something that it just happens and it would have happened regardless of you having wraps on your hands or whatever the case might have been. So gymnasts are used to wearing grips and that's like the little equipment that we wear on our hands and we're so used to it. So it had nothing to do with the grips. It was the way that I did the skill. So it was all on me. I went too hard on my um, release move and I caught it wrong and it was all my fault. Um, I probably would have done it better if I went more smoothly, but no, yeah, it wasn't the way I was wrapped. It wasn't the way I was taped. It was all on me. Gotcha. So being able to take a step back, you're hurt. You can't do anything. So you're watching because the rosters are set in stone, like you said. Now, what do you learn from that experience? Is it is it kind of like refreshing to be able to go, all right, this is my first year. Like I can kind of sit back and take all this in or was it aggravating and like pisses you off because you can't get out there and do well honestly like being on a college team no matter if you're competing or not you always want to find your role in the team and my role in that team was supporting my teammates to be the best that they could be to represent my team that I couldn't compete for makes sense you know um you obviously, you, you, you get a chance in 2022, um, you get your first spot on vault against Ohio State, you hit a 9-8, um, it was a meet that you guys won, you appeared in the vault lineup eight times, bars twice and floor once, you know, going back to that first meet, like, what were the emotions like? Because it, it was a long time coming, and now here it is, boom, like, now the hard work, now you actually got to do. Well, with my college debut being like, so at a home meet, you start on vault, right? And, well, if you don't know, at a home meet, you always start on vault because the Olympic order is vault, bars, beam, floor. So that is the order that college gymnasts go through whenever you're at a home meet. And with my first college debut being, I'm the first one to start this meet off, like ever, I was like, oh my gosh, like, as soon as I raise my hands, like the meat starts. So like, I honestly took that on as like a challenge and like a fire underneath my like soul. I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's start this. So as soon as I raised my hands, I had full confidence in myself. I had full confidence, confidence in my training. I was ready to go. And I set the stage for the rest of my team. So given, you know, the, the first meet is in the books. All right. Given that your family is a gymnastics family, like mm -hmm. what is, is there a phone call from the family, mom, dad, you know, sisters, is it immediately after the meet or is there like this, you know, unknown rule, like you need like an hour to decompress, like what, what happens after the meet and when, when does family start giving their critiques? So honestly, my family never gives critiques because everyone knows that you're your own human being yourself and you can never live up to anyone's expectations and you can never live up to anyone's goals and dreams because you have your own yourself, you know? So I think it's like 
I mean, they're always going to be there to support me no matter what. They're always going to be there in the crowd. They're always going to give me a clap. They're always going to give me a smile and a hug. But most importantly, they're always going to be there for me no matter how I do, no matter if I fall on my face or no matter if I get a 10.0. My family is always there for me no matter what. And I never have this pressure. I never have this awkward hour after a meet. They're just always there for me. I am willing to text them as soon as I compete. I could run to the bathroom and text them as soon as I land my vote. Or I could wait two days and text them and be like, hey guys, took that vote. Like there's never no pressure. And it's an amazing feeling to have. It's probably, you know, it it leaves like you the opportunity to really enjoy what you do. There's no extra pressure that you're putting on yourself because obviously you you're a competitor, you know, you want to go and you want to do well um, right. or else you wouldn't be there and you wouldn't put in the work and the effort and the, the grind on a day-to-day basis. Um, What's cool, but, Daniel, is think about how many guests we've had where they've had older siblings or they've had parents. She said that they're their own person. So many of them have put expectations because their older brother or older sister set the bar their parents set the bar i mean her mom obviously set the bar but she said she's her own person so she doesn't try to compare herself and you know you know how that can go you can start to then you know crumble because you're not meeting the expectations of your older sibling or your parent yeah i mean it's you don't you don't read the history books you just write your own and and that's the book that you live by so yes sir um, so that year, obviously, you guys, you know, it was an up and down season. You won, you won the last four meets to advance to Norman for the regionals. So talk to me about the three meets in Denver when y'all got hot and like what clicked or what changed for you guys to start making that, that, that run towards the end of the season. This topic is a little bit not like sensitive, but I hate to speak for my whole team. Because, like, each team member is so important to the team chemistry and, like, the team situation that I don't want to put words into that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's – to me, it's a a testament, really, to the team itself because you go to a point where you get hot and, like, things are clicking and, like, everybody is doing their part and, and it just works itself out. Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, in, in Oklahoma, what was that experience like in the regional, the atmosphere, and, and how, how good was it, um, you know, just, just being there and experiencing that? I mean, obviously, our – so in gymnastics, you have, like, seats and you have seatings so it depends on how you do at the meet before and that that's how you get seated into your regionals and if we would have done better in the previous meets we would have been seated in an easier regional so we would not have been against the number one team and Oklahoma is the number one team Speaking of Oklahoma, you know, specifically, how good were they? Like, you don't want to take anything away from them by, you know, you were, you were seated, you know, up against them, but they were pretty good. Like, they were really good. <laughs> they won it all. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how good in, in your mind, like, was it um, like, oh, my God, like, these, these girls are good? Or was it like, man, we, are, we, are, we should be there. That's us. We should be able to beat them. Hello? Sorry, my roommates are just like right outside my door. Anyways, yes, they're they're very good, but we have as much talent as they have. And it's what we decide to do with our talent. And it's how much commitment that we are willing to give in our outside lifestyles towards our inside lifestyles of gymnastics is what it really comes down to. And it's, it's hard. I mean, we go back to, you know, the balance, you know, and you give up and you sacrifice a lot at an early age for gymnastics to be really good. And, you know, 
regardless of what route you're going on, once you get to college and you're on the team, like there's still a level of sacrifice and some people's level of sacrifice might be higher than others, but you know, it all has to mesh and it all has to work and it all has to click. But, um, so talk to me about last year and you appeared in only three events. There was an injury. Um, you're the lead off on the vault, every event, you know, but then against Minnesota, you get a new personal high as the anchor. Talk us through the difference of leading off versus being the anchor. So it's funny that you asked that because being the position I was in last year was what my coach has said, the hardest position that you can be in as a team player and a teammate representing the team. And the reason that is, is because if my so in gymnastics, you have six up, five count. So you can have six gymnasts compete, but only five scores count. And in gymnastics, you have a 10.0 start value. And you also have a 9.95 start value. And a Eurochenko fool is a 9.95. That's the highest you can score no matter what. If you stick it, that's basically a 10 if you get a 9.95. But if you do a one and a half and add an extra twist, like a half twist to that, that starts from a 10.0. And if you stick that, you have the level of getting a 10.0, which is basically what gymnastics you're always trying to strive for is a 10.0, perfect score. So the reason that I was the anchor is because my teammate that warmed up, she had the potential to get a 10.0 start value in a 10.0 score because she did a one and a half. So she did an extra twist than me but I was so consistent with my just full twist and she was so inconsistent with her one and a half twist. So she landed her one and a half twist on her butt, but also had the potential that if she were to salute her hands, she would have an extra rush of adrenaline and maybe land it and serve the team a half tenth higher all the round score if she were to land it. But they went ahead and went with me because I'm so consistent, so they could count on me to get a 9.8 or higher. But if they went with her, she could get a 9.0 or lower. Right. There we go. And makes sense. Now that you, you've explained it, you know, in either way, like it, there's some strategy to who's being positioned where. Um, Daniel, and so then actually, I'm glad she explained that because I've watched so many LSU events over the last few years and I've seen where they've made a lineup change and I didn't really understand why. And now I did. Sometimes they've put someone else in completely different or they've moved them around. And, and usually uh, the times in which they do it is when it'll be a time when vault is like last. Right. So obviously yep. based upon what Emma's saying is, you know, they know what they need to get it done. So, Hey, let's get in. Like she said, the model of consistency and get it done and win this thing. Yes, sir. So, you know, last season, Jim has the opportunity to, you know, watch you guys take on LSU. You know, he, he made fun of the facility being called the barn. You know, don't, <laughs> don't hate on him. He's just being an LSU fan, you know. Um, but he did go on to say, like, like you y'all deserve that win. And you competed your butts off and you deserved it. But you know, asking you that was in it, what is it like, you know, competing and beating a, a, a top 10 SEC opponent when you really know that you got to have this win? Well, I think it's like our demeanor inside of ourselves is like we're willing to be relentless and relentless is a completely different meaning than just being an athlete. If you're relentlessly willing to win, you're willing to give yourself and to your team, everything that you've got, you're willing to put everything on the table. But if you're just wanting to win, you can put a couple of days of practice on the table. But if you're relentlessly willing to win, which is what our team did against LSU, then it can't be stoppable. Like we're gonna win. Yeah, I mean, y'all so, looked really, y'all looked really, really good. I messaged, I messaged him, and you know, typically fans will start making excuses, right? Why they lost, like. 
you start seeing the LSU message boards. Oh, we we were underscored or we were cheer, whatever. And it was like outside of you know because I made the joke on it being called the board. And I said outside the name. I said Arkansas. Arkansas did their thing. I was like, that's the only critique I got. I, I said Arkansas was the, was the better team, and I had no issue with y'all winning. Hey, and don't get me wrong. I was committed there since eighth grade. Like, I was a diehard LSU fan. <laughs> so I was on your side until sure. I wasn't. There you go. And then, according to you, it was the best decision you ever made where you're at. Yes, sir. So, all right, that brings us up to present day. Um Obviously, you know, coming coming into this upcoming season, what what's your health look like? Are we healthy? Are we are we ready to go? Yes, sir. Um, I am bodily healthy. Um, I've gone through a couple of like autoimmune um diagnoses and I'm just struggling through that in the previous years, but I've gotten my medication underhand, so like none of that's an issue. So yeah, I'm pretty healthy right now. Nice. So what's what's the expectations for the squad this year? What what are we looking at? Is it national championship or or is it just give yourself an opportunity to get there? I think it's just to upgrade. Like our program has so much potential and our program has it all together if we were to upgrade relentlessly and I think our key word is relentless this year because if we are to upgrade and if we are to do it relentlessly and put it all on the table give everything that we got Arkansas is no longer going to be the underdog it's no longer going to be like oh that's the team you're going against oh that's an easy win it's going to be the team oh you're going against Arkansas I hope it's a good fight I hope that's a good meet to watch so that's our goal. So I'll, I'll say it for you because it sounds like you're wanting to say this. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. But okay. all y'all other teams, you've been put on notice. When you take on Arkansas, you better be ready for a fight. It's yes, going to be a relentless assault of just – you're not going to be ready. You come in there sleeping on the hogs, you're not going to be ready. So – I love uh, that. Yes, I, sir. I, I said it for you. I hope that I did it justice. But last question, and, you know, we, we got Reese coming on the show um, in a few yeah. weeks. Outside of her and yourself, like, give me another name where when I watch you, watch y'all, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's the one you told me to look out for. Who is that one person? To answer your question, I don't have a – single person because a team is a group of people that makes every single every single person's quality shine and without that one person we wouldn't have a team so i so I, I talk, see, emma's person, a good, emma's a good teammate because we've had kaya kj and alana on and if you asked all three of them that same question they say Haley bryant <laughs> well, well, I, 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 that was a trick question, Emma, because I, I talked to Coach Weber and she told me to ask you that question just to see what you would say. So it was a trick, and you, you passed, you passed, you didn't. You said that the team, you know, failed you, for you, me. You, I don't you, know who to look for now. I got to watch everybody <laughs> and and figure out who is that go-to person. No Jim, matter if it was a trick question or not, it's the truth. And it's. The I know, truth. I know, I, I kid. So. I know, um, I know. Speaking of, of of Jordan Weaver as the coach, what is it like, you know, learning and being under her? I mean, it's been a great opportunity. I mean, I was her first recruit ever. Fun fact. Yeah, I was her first recruit ever. And honestly, the main thing I've learned of being on a team is leadership. I've learned to be a leader. I've learned how to portray my skills. Um, she teaches you not only gymnastic skills, but she teaches you lifelong skills. So she'll give you lifelong lessons of how to be a successful person in the long run, not only a gymnast, but in the business world and the future career. Because, right, we're student athletes. Student becomes before an athlete does, right? So she teaches us how to be a successful student before we become a successful athlete. 
sounds like my kind of code. So with that, you know, we're going to play a game. And with some of these questions, Emma, you know, you've danced around a little bit and I want to answer, but this is this or that. And you're the 217th guest to play. So stop it. Wait, hold on. Did you say 217th? Yes. Is that like a special number? Where where, where are we at here? Do we got a face? We got an expression. Oh, okay. That is actually no, 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 no. I'm like breathtaking right now. Two hundred and seventeen is the number two seventeen. I see every single place, and that is my boyfriend's birthday. His number is seventeen on his football. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just said that. Sorry, that is insane. All right. That's so the with, number I see everywhere. Anyways. So with that, all right, it's this or that, and there's no saying okay. either, and there's no saying both, and you can't bounce around. You gotta, you gotta be decisive. You gotta pick one or the other. All right. All right. Here we go. Simple question to start off. What's more important to you, breakfast or lunch? Breakfast. Absolutely. All right. You know, you said you weren't going to get to make it to the football game, but if you had a choice to choose between going to Arkansas baseball or Arkansas football, eliminate the boyfriend. Let's just go atmosphere, the game itself. Are you going baseball or are you going football? Because Arkansas baseball is legit, so that's that's oh, a loaded oh, question. Oh. Football, football. I'm not a baseball girl. That game is way too slow. I get so bored. I saw pictures of you on IG at the baseball game. I with with I've our boy Lane better. Mm. Oh, I love Austin. No, he's one of my. But best I'm going to tell him that you think baseball's slow and boring now. He knows. I like, no. She, he knows that. She she ain't lying, and she's not like she's in the majority when she says that. Coming from it's a baseball so player, slow. you're down in your own sport, bro. Look, I'll be the first to tell you, baseball needs to. I've I've. Played a lot of baseball games. I've coached a lot of a lot of baseball games. I've watched a lot of baseball games. And it's it's slow. It really is. Yeah. All right. Man. Don't who who need who need all right. So this this is my last little thing on this. Who needs to warm up in the bullpen for 25 and 30 pitches and then go on the mound and get seven more? Like who needs like who needs that? LSU so we can win our championship. Moving on. All right. Don't duck me on this. That is so true. <laughs> Thank you. Daniel, Literally, who you needs just, that? Our audience hates you, Daniel. Are they baseball fans for no. the most part? I'm I'm a baseball fan too, but I'm I'm gonna give you the truth about the sport. Well, like, well, I'm glad because this next question, we're gonna get truth out of Emma. If she ducks me, I'm cutting this episode. I cannot how long baseball takes anyways go <laughs> all right if you have a chance let's say you're a fan and you're not a competitor on the on the floor you have a chance to watch either suny lee or trinity thomas trinity thomas all right trinity thomas or Haley bryant trinity thomas all right solid daniel we don't disagree there we actually have never had a florida guest we don't like florida and anything and we said trinity thomas would be our exception to that because as us watching gymnastics we've never seen someone so incredible in college no it's not even how good she is at gymnastics it's how humble she is Mm -hmm. she is the most just down to earth most self-christ centered human being i've ever met she's one of my very good friends so I just uh, know her as a well, person. You're, you're going to have to prove it. Since you just said she's one of your good friends, you tell her, in off the bench has never had a Florida athlete. And we've had like 67 schools and like 15 different sports. Tell her she is the exception that will make because we want to talk to her because there's no one we'd rather watch, to be honest. Daniel, is that the first person you've been tuning in to watch? No, Emma Kelly is. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. All right. No, but really, though, she is just such a humble person, and she's just a real human being, and I would pick her out of anyone any other day if it was against Simone Biles. It's Trinity Thomas. I will tell you a fun a fun uh, fact on the Haley Bryant thing. Took my son to, to LSU last year for a meet, and he met Haley afterward, and he told her that she wasn't human. 
And she and she just smiled and laughed and was like, I appreciate it. And I was like, you ever been told that before? And and she did do some ridiculous things that day that warranted my my 10-year-old to to think in such a way. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm really close with that class because that was my class. So we planned out our all our whole rooms and everything. It was me, Elena, Haley, and Libby. That was our class. But I'm at Arkansas now, and I could not be happier. She's gonna keep. She gonna keep hammering that point, Daniel. Now, um, if you were left on an island with either no one, you're stranded there, no one, or your worst enemy, which one are you choosing? My worst enemy, because let's make it right. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's just because I would. I like to talk to somebody, even if I got to argue. It's too lonely. I can't do the whole castaway making a volleyball. My friend, it's just well. Not- honestly, now that I think about it, I really don't think I have a worst enemy other than Satan. There you go. You're you're Satan. doing well in life if you have no enemies. Keep it up. I I really don't. I really don't think I do. I've not been asked that question in a while. I'll tell you, Emma, like, you know, because the people aren't going to know it because I'm going to edit it, but you make me have to edit one more time. I'm going to be your worst enemy. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I had no, but honestly, I'm happy y'all asking that because I really don't have a worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, no, you. I really don't. That's good. I I have acquired a lot over my time, unfortunately. But this isn't about me, and we're gonna move on. <laughs> Be- better, better Leos, the red and white, the red and black, or the all red. Oh, red and white. Those are my, okay. I, I'm I'm glad you picked that. If not, I was gonna have to to, to debate you. I thought that was the best looking one as well. Red that's, and white. That's probably. And Daniel's going to probably judge me again. I actually like on the college gymnastics forum when they're discussing Leo's and these different events, because it is such a huge part of the thing when, you know, y'all don all, all y'all team break out new ones. And like, especially when they're just awesome. Like it's, it's a thing. No. Yeah. That's like a big moment in the gymnastic world is like, Oh, here comes Arkansas wearing their, New Leo of the year. Yeah, that's a big it's a big until, until there's the bad one, right? Like LSU, I'm I'm not gonna say which one specifically. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings on the list, but they, they had one two years ago and I was like, ooh, like uh yeah, y'all should have rethought that one. <laughs> hey, All my right. sister went to LSU, so no bad hate. All right. So would you rather own a massive yacht or a private jet? Massive yacht. Me too. Daniel's on the jet on the jetway but i'm i'm with the yacht put me out on the water with the massive yacht i love cruises that is my way to vacation put me on a boat i love water i love vacationing in the ocean so there you go all right so this next one is no no vacation it's one bad one or the other would you rather spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna Two hours in a sauna. Me too. These guests that keep saying walk-in freezer, I don't think they've spent more than five minutes in a walk-in freezer. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> all right. Hey, last- sauna, it gets all your toxins out. All right, last one. And, you know, I have a pretty good suspicion of what you're going to say. I mean, you've been a team person through and through this entire episode, <laughs> but we're going to put you to the test. So. Okay. Daniel comes through there and he drops a a duffel bag with a million dollars and says, you can either have this million dollars or Arkansas can win the national championship in gymnastics. What are you doing? Are you serious? That's not even a question. You're right. It's it's an easy answer. Million dollars. (laughs) For sure. You put that I money in the national championship. Are you kidding? What was great oh. was our last guest was the national champion, and he literally said, "If you took this ring that I have over here and put it next to the money, I'm gonna take the ring." And I was like, "It's easy for you to say <laughs> when that money is not sitting there." Yep. Good for him. Oh, I love that. All right, 
Emma, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Um, I will promote that God has a plan for every single person on this earth, and it will lay out to be how it is. Right, right. That's God all. above all. But yes, sir. If you want to, that's right. If you if you want to check out more about what Emma's got going on, if you want to see what she's doing on Wednesday nights, maybe she's recording a podcast. Who knows? Going over to IG, Emma Jean Kelly. That's with an EY. Uh, or if you want to see what the Razorbacks are doing this season in gymnastics, go to IG, Razorback Gym. Emma, this was great. Glad you, you came on. We wish you nothing but the best. Healthy season, safe season, and, you know, just be relentless. That's all I'm going to say. Be relentless. Thank you all so much for having me. I enjoyed every bit of it. I will continue to be relentless. That's right. That's Emma Kelly, everybody. If you like hearing Emma's story or you like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it these days. It's all good. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, loves. We'll take it all. And we'll see everybody next week. We've got episode 17 where we're continuing the gymnastics trend. We're going to be talking LSU gymnastics with Aaliyah Finnegan. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.